Welcome to another edition of the Second and Goal Fantasy Podcast. I'm Calvin, your host, back here with your co-host, Chris, the fantasy expert. And in today's show, we will be going over the top 20 quarterbacks in fantasy from 2020. So we already did sort of like a 2020 recap show at the end of last year, but now we'll be getting into like over the next few weeks, we'll be recapping like the top 20 players at each position and like the just the leaders in order in fantasy points will be discussing their values for next year. Um, maybe some interesting points about the players that caused them to finish there. Just we'll just be reviewing about 20 players an episode for the next few weeks. And so, yeah, it should be a lot of fun. And I'm excited. We're just getting into the swing of the off season right now. Um, we just, Chris and I just started up a dynasty startup for dynasty fantasy football. So there's a lot going on in fantasy right now. And I'm very excited. Yeah. I'm super excited for fantasy. This is one of my favorite times of the season, the off season, so many new changes. We just see all these guys going to new teams, you know, it just gives you gives fantasy a totally different outlook. So yeah, I'm very excited to see, uh, see where players start to sign. I mean, we've already seen, Matthew Stafford, Jared Goff, Carson Wentz go to new teams. And then now we've got the draft coming up. It's going to be fun. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. We get, This is like, like you said, Chris, I think it's one of the best times of fantasy. And this is the one of the most important times to listen to the show as well in the offseason when the things are still fresh in our minds. We're previewing rookies. we got the rookie profiles going up on the website. And then, we, yeah, like I said, we started our Dynasty League where, I mean, this is still a redraft show. But I mean, we're getting Chris and I are sort of getting into Dynasty as well. And while we're still specifically more oriented to redraft, you can ask us Dynasty questions on, for example, like Twitter. Um, if you want, we're on Twitter at Calvin underscore SGF at Chris underscore SGF and our podcast for updates at SGF pod. But yeah, you, you can ask us questions there. We're probably still more knowledgeable about redraft. But I mean, yeah, we're getting into Dynasty as well. We thought we'd try that. I mean, we're a little bit behind the times, so it's about mm-hmm. time that we started. Yeah, I'm very excited to do Dynasty. It's just it's a whole different outlook um, just on the entirety of fantasy. So I'm very excited. Yeah, same here. And then we will uh, – yeah, I thought there's one more thing I was going to say. Yeah, I mean, I guess I mentioned the rookie profiles. Uh, Chris and I will can we'll probably briefly discuss our Dynasty startup teams that we just took part in before we get started. And yeah, we'll get the, and I haven't been working on the profiles in a little while, like due to different things, due to preparing for like, for example, golf team tryouts, which I'm not going to make the golf team, but I just have to make sure I don't look stupid at the tryouts. So I've been pretty busy and, um, but I'll get back to those soon. And Chris has been working on his as well. And we'll also be working on our rankings pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, getting into rankings. Oh, I do something so excited. And then that moment where you get to totally shift around your rankings once the rookies and all that, it's just. It's very, very fun. I love this time of fantasy. Yes, same here. And then, oh my, yeah, it's just, it's crazy because, you know, like, the one thing that was missing from the offseason was an opportunity to, like, play in a league, you know? Mm-hmm, exactly. So, uh, but now we have a league. Yeah, now we have a league, too, on top of all this fun free agent stuff. So many different strategies going forward in Dynasty 8. This is our startup, though, so I'm hoping that we can keep most of the league together. And uh, I think that'll make it really fun if we go year after year, then people can start doing rebuilds and all that. And it just becomes very, very exciting. Well, my team isn't going to need to rebuild, obviously. It's just too good. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, so for the website, if you want to find like our rookie profiles and stuff, you can click the website link in the description. I realized I don't need to read off sites.google.com slash view slash second goal fantasy on every single episode because the link is actually in the podcast description. So you can go click on it. It says website link and it's linked to sites.google.com slash view slash second goal fantasy. So we're going to be publishing our rookie profiles once we've got a few more done. 
and then we'll be adding to the folders where you're going to be able to access the folders. And um, we'll also, I mean, not editing, you won't have editing rights, but you'll be able to view. And also we'll be publishing our rankings in a little bit, but they'll be in progress. So we're still working on those. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So you'll get to see our in progress uh, rankings. Mm -hmm. All right. Yep. So I guess so we maybe we can briefly go over our dynasty teams before we get started. So Chris and I had our dynasty startup draft a couple days ago. We're going to have our rookie draft in May, but I mean, before rookies, I think Chris and I are both pretty happy with our team. So Chris, why don't you start out? I mean, tell the listeners about your dynasty team. Mm, okay, here we go. To start off, I will say my wide receivers are not the strongest, but my running backs are the best you've ever seen for dynasty. It's actually insane. What my running backs look like, so yeah. If All I right. can pull up my team, what is it being kind of weird? There we go. There we go. There we go. <laughs> Jalen Hurts is my starting quarterback, and this is a really interesting player because I think he has a ton of potential, but down the stretch, his 52% completion percentage worried me. And normally, like, I really like these young rookie quarterbacks, but I was a little bit concerned about Jalen Hurts. But he just dropped so far in our draft, which really surprised me, and I just had to snatch him up. I mean, I got him in, in the very late rounds. Let me see when I got him. Yeah. Uh, I think it was like in the late eighth, because I remember I got Burrow in the eighth somehow. That's crazy. And then Hertz was like, yeah, I got picked eight, up Hertz. I got him at the 810, which is just crazy to me. And I mean, that value is just too good to pass up. I'm totally willing to snag him there. It was in a bit of a trade that I made earlier uh, in the year. I managed to acquire the 8-10, and I was very happy to find him sitting right there. So I'm very happy about where that went. Yeah, and then obviously in Dynasty, like even if you're not playing super flex, which we are not, which you can flex one quarterback, um, it's quarterbacks are still important because you got to have, I mean, the late round quarter, the streaming quarterback strategy can work, except it's not really streaming. I mean, the late round quarterback strategy is lessened because it does rely on a lot of like streaming quarterbacks. So you could get a bunch of late round quarterbacks, which is kind of what I did. Although I still emphasize the position a little bit more than I would in redraft or, but I mean, if you have that stability, because in dynasty, the rosters are so deep that you can't really pick up quarterbacks off the waiver wire to start. So Jalen hurts at the eight ten. I mean, we've been talking about redraft and in redraft, I would never do that. Never take Jalen hurts at the eight ten, but in Dynasty, it makes a lot of sense because he's young. He has a lot of potential. And Chris isn't the biggest Jalen Hurts fan, but like if you can get like the next Lamar Jackson, it's perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's really what I'm hoping for with, uh, with with him because I think that he does have that potential. I don't know if he's going to be able to put it together, but I'm really excited to see what he does. And uh, I'm looking to maybe acquire another quarterback in a trade. Maybe I'd be interested in trading with someone like you, Calvin, for Ryan Tannehill just to have – have a security blanket because right now my other quarterbacks, uh, I've got Mitchell Trubisky and uh, just a late round deep flyer, Taylor Heineke. So, <laughs> you know, those aren't two guys that I can really trust right now because I don't even know if Mitchell Trubisky or I'm pretty sure Heineke won't be the starter. So if Jalen Hurts struggles, I'm going to be in trouble. Well, Heineke had a better stat line than Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes did in the Super Bowl. So I think you yeah, got a good pick, especially since Mahomes went People fifth overall. People are going overall. way too far on Heineke and going for one game. I grabbed him as a very late round flyer, but... uh. That's about all I'm willing to do for Heineke. Yeah, exactly. That, that's fair. But yeah, Mahomes went fifth overall in our league, which might be a little high. But I mean, you can sort of under, you can un, I can understand it more in Dynasty than in mm-hmm. redraft. Yeah, I sure. mean, I totally agree with you there. It definitely, it makes sense in a Dynasty league. In other leagues, please, guys, we are big on harping the late round QB strategy. We actually had JJ Zacharyson on the show, and obviously, he's the one that came up with that. We're definitely in agreement 
in agreement for redraft quarterbacks go late dynasty you can definitely bump them up a little bit but i'm still looking to get later guys like people like jalen hurts i mean is it really worth it to spend your 1.5 on patrick mahomes when you can grab jalen hurts at the 8.10 when you can get joe burrow with the 8.6 and ryan Tannehill the round after Mm -hmm. yeah those are the things that you got to think about and i just think the value is too much there and then i just picked up sam darnold and Jameis winston like outside of the top 200 i'm set at quarterback and i didn't Mm -hmm. pay anything yep I mean, mm-hmm. it still works, even in Dynasty. You just got to be a little more careful. I, that's why, I mean, in Dynasty, I like to, in, in the mock drafts, I found myself doing this too. I like to load up on quarterbacks. That way, like, I have four. If one of them doesn't work out, because we got, like, 27-man rosters, if one of them doesn't work out, I can still be okay. If Winston doesn't start, I can still be fine. If Darnold doesn't become a franchise quarterback, I can still be all right. It's it's just, like, you got to be a little more careful. You can't just be like, oh, I don't have to worry about quarterback, because you do. And, I mean, that's what makes Dynasty fun. I mean, I do like having to worry about quarterback a little more. It adds a new element to the game. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's not the main thing that makes Dynasty fun, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dynasty is just so fun to because you have this whole, like, it's almost like taking a two-dimensional shape, which is redraft, which, I mean, we love. You know, it's like this we year, love two-dimensional shapes. what they're going to do this year, you know, and that's about it. You know, you got your one thing. But in Dynasty, there's this whole third dimension where it's the future. I think that's really what is interesting for me. I, I, I think I just made the greatest analogy ever. Redraft is like a square. Dynasty is like a cube. Yes. And I mean, the main thing, the main thing about Dynasty, in case you guys don't know, it, you keep your team each year. It's great. You build a dynasty. And my team is going to be a dynasty. Chris is, mm, no, I'm just kidding. Chris is, actually has a pretty good team. But yeah. Um, yep. So maybe. Uh, I guess if you just – we already spent a lot of time on just Jalen Hurts. But, I mean uh, – Yeah, then just... I've got Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs, and this is where I'm really strong. I mean, that is just incredible. I love Saquon, Giants fan too. That's going to be fun to watch on Sundays. And then Josh Jacobs, who's a really bruising back, who's done really well. The Raiders love to feed him the ball. And then we get to wide receiver. I'm looking to acquire a wide receiver from one of my top running backs. But right now I have Curtis Samuel, Corey Davis, and Michael Gallup. And it's definitely a work in progress. That's where I'm going to look to the rookie draft to really shore up that spot. But I, I'm hoping that Curtis Samuel is going to do really well. He's one of my guys that I've been harping on uh, just since uh, since we did this draft. And then Cordy Davis, I think he can be a one or maybe two-year player as a wide receiver three. Michael Gallup, I'm very concerned about. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I mean, Chris is definitely... You know, re- it's a Band-Aid to make up for, for all my other talents. You know, it's a bit of a Band-Aid right there. Yeah, and I it's got like... tight end Mark Andrews. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, very great. That's a, finally a good pass catcher. And then my flex. Guys, listen to this. So, you remember my RBs were Saquon and Josh Jacobs. My flexes are Austin Eckler and J.K. Dobbins. Just insane. St. Gonzalez, kicker, and the Pittsburgh Steelers are my defense. So, yeah. Calvin, why don't you read your starters? All right. Yeah, I will. And it's, um, I was just – I'm trying to remember. I was going to say one thing about your team. Um – it was that, what was it? Oh, yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, I'm sure you were. So we did like an 100-yard rush to determine our rookie draft, which is like a site where you have like a little character that runs for you. And it's like random. It's completely random. I would go check it out, 100yardrush.com. Not a sponsor, but it's a good way to determine your draft order. We were running it for the rookie draft, which we're doing a snake draft this year. But in normal years, we do a linear. We just did a snake because it's more fair for the first year when teams have just like have not really had like a season for their teams. And Chris, was, I'm sure Chris was rooting on his guy to get that 103 because he desperately needed wide receiver help. So now if Najee Harris and Travis Etienne, like if they're in the right situations and they go 1-2, 
you got like your pick of the wide receivers at number three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that would be, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited about where my team is trending. Uh, and I'm either going to acquire a running, a good wide receiver with that pick, or I'm going to, uh, make my way up in the draft to, uh, acquire him. Yeah. And I think, so yeah, our league has three wide receivers and two flexes and I'll get into my team in a sec. It's just, I think Chris and I have like some of the better flexes in the league because with 11 roster spots instead of nine, a lot of people's flexes are pretty weak in this league and they have good at other positions. I mean, it depends on the team, but I mean, we, Chris and I both prioritized running backs. And so my team is, I've got quarterback, Joe Burrow, Ryan Tannehill, Sam Darnold, and Jameis Winston. That's really high upside, but also I've got Tannehill as a security blanket. So I'm not trading Tannehill unless I get a really good offer. Running back, DeAndre Swift, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, wide receivers, Calvin Ridley, Kenny Galladay, Cortland Sutton. Tight end is a problem. Now I've got the 108, which is, I mean, depending on our league, I was a little bit worried that the team with like Dallas Goddard, who has like the 106 or 107, might take Kyle Pitts. But I'm pretty comfortable with Kyle Pitts dropping to me. I think he'll stay because he's like the ninth ranked player on sleeper. But at tight end, I've got a problem because I have a, Irv Smith, or I have Hayden Hurst, Irv Smith, and Adam Troutman. So after getting those three, I realized like I was just spamming random tight ends or not random, but like high upside young tight ends at that point. And so I realized I need someone who can start for me this year because like, otherwise I'm screwed at tight end. So I had to get Rob Gronkowski, even though it's not even a hundred percent certain he comes back. Although I think he does flexes. This is what I'm saying about flex Miles Sanders, AJ Dillon. I prioritized running back. I think AJ Dillon's going to break out and I'll be targeting like probably be getting a couple wide receivers and a running back in our four round rookie draft along with Kyle Pitts, ideally. Um, so my defense is the 49ers and my kicker is Harrison Butker. And the good thing about dynasty is like Chris has a hole at wide receiver. I have a hole at tight end, but the rookie draft each year, you can like supplement your team, add a few guys to it, just patch up those little holes and get ready for your championship run. It's so nice. Like the startup draft isn't the end all be all. It's very important, but it's not like the complete end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree with you here. I mean, because there's so much, so many things to do. I mean, one good rookie draft pick, like if you went out and you drafted someone like A.J. Brown, and I'm not exactly sure where A.J. Brown went in the draft, but I don't think he was some ridiculously high-graded guy, right? I think it was, are you talking about in the yeah, startup? Yeah, second round number 51 overall. Wait. So if you drafted him oh, in the rookie your draft. rookie draft in like the third round, which is a very reasonable spot for him, you are just you're feeling so good. And that's what can happen any year. And that's why, yes, the startup draft is extremely important, but it's not everything. It is a lot of it, though. It's like, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I've set my team up. I've got like guys like Gabriel Davis, John Brown on the bench, Carlos Hyde, who I mean, he's kind of old, but. Chris Carson walks, which it might, it's actually seeming a little bit more likely these days. Then I've got all these tight ends that I'm just sticking there. Hopefully they work out. If, if Irv Smith finally breaks out, if Adam Troutman breaks out with Jared Cook leaving, I could be fine at tight end. But I mean, with Dynasty, you got to get these high upside stashes and then, yeah, just supplement at the rookie draft. And I, I want Kyle Pitts so bad on this team. I need to feel comfortable at tight end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And with 11 roster spots, I, I say my starting lineup is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with you here. I just need to shore up the wide receiver position just a little, little bit. But yeah, I mean, your your starting lineup, I would say, it's already it's already solid. And then it's like you can get if you pick up like Jamar Chase in the right situation. I mean, mm-hmm. Curtis Samuel, Corey Davis, not the best at two and three, but your running backs and your tight end can make up for it for sure. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. All right, so let's finally move on to news. So one piece of news before we get into the top 20 quarterbacks from 2020, Carson Wentz has been traded to the Indianapolis Colts, finally, for a third rounder from this year and a conditional 2022 second rounder. I'm not sure if the second rounder could ever go away, but I know it has like an incentive. If Wentz plays 75% of the snaps for the Colts, it goes up to a first. So that's interesting. I like how the Eagles worked it because it depends on like, I mean, I, li- I always love those deals. Like, people are like, what is Carson Wentz's value? Is it two seconds? Is it a late first? Well, you tell me. Depending on how much he plays, that's how much he'll be worth. Like, mm-hmm. I, I yep. love that. Yeah, I know. I love that kind of strategy. It reminds me of uh, Yannick Ngakwe when he went to the Ravens and, like, somehow through Minnesota, basically, if Yannick Ngakwe made the Pro Bowl, then they went from a fifth rounder to a fourth rounder. And all the Minnesota Vikings fans were flocking to the uh, – the Pro Bowl voting to try and get Yannick Ngakwe in. They didn't or get him in. Was, but, uh, I think it was the Jags who were like, like Jags fans. Oh yeah, were, it was the Jags. They mm-hmm. were trying to get a fourth instead of a fifth. So they were rallying the troops to vote for Yannick, unique or whatever it is, Unique Ngakwe or Yannick Ngakwe uh, to the Pro Bowl so that they could get a fourth rounder instead of a fifth from the like Vikings or Ravens or wherever he was. <laughs> I mean, he's been on like three different teams. It's hard to keep track of where he was, but it was funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah, I guess, I mean, but let's talk about Carson Wentz. I feel like if Frank Reich can revive Carson Wentz, who Frank Reich has experience with him as the offense, former offensive coordinator in Philly, if he can revive Carson Wentz, I mean, if we could get that old Carson Wentz, we've seen what he can do. And that would be really, really, that's the, the just the piece the Colts need to like start to make a run at honestly the Super Bowl. I mean, their defense is just so good. They can be like, kind of like the Bills. I mean, where Josh Allen is sort of their main runner on Buffalo, but and I guess the Bills are more of a pass-first offense now, but, like, the Bills, like, before they got Stephon Diggs, but, like, better. They have Jonathan Taylor to pound the ball. You've got, yes, Michael Pittman, T.Y. Hilton, not the best receivers, but you can get a receiver. There's They're in a good spot to get, like, an edge rusher uh, in the draft as well, and then they just got Carson Wentz to replace Phillip Rivers. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. So, and, yeah, I think he has a good chance to be good. There's also, I mean, maybe his attitude issues just – Come, turn out to be too big and maybe he's not good but I think he has a good chance yeah definitely I totally agree with you I think he's he he's in the right situation all right so let's pull up the top 20 quarterbacks from 2020 we're gonna do this from weeks one through 16 because week 17 just doesn't count because people are resting and stuff this is on fantasy pros uh we will give you guys the rankings and we'll review the players so number one Kyler Murray 386.96 fantasy points in 15 games, average 25.8 per game. He sort of regressed in the second half of the year, but Kyler Murray was such a popular breakout pick, and it's getting like, I mean, I, it's this is sort of something, I mean, I've been hearing this on the fantasy footballers, and I totally agree, where they're saying like, it's getting easier and easier to predict the breakout quarterbacks these days, and everyone was on Kyler Murray, and whoever got him, I mean, it's nice for them, except mm-hmm. when he underperformed in the playoffs. Yeah, that's that's about it. But uh, seems like seems like just getting those wide receiver weapons around him allowed him to take the next step up with DeAndre Hopkins there. I mean, Hopkins at twenty eight is still a top three wide receiver in the league in my opinion. And so I mean, he's just got a, all the weapons that he really needs. He's so versatile, and that just makes him so good. Like he just it's a lot of the right now. I feel like a lot of the quarterbacks we're seeing like Lamar Jackson. I don't trust his passing. Like, I, I know he's been good, but I don't trust his passing. And then even Deshaun Watson, like, sometimes I feel like sometimes he gets a little bit run heavy and he doesn't get enough passing work. So uh, that's my main concern with them. But, uh, I mean, 
I definitely like just the I definitely like this new kind of era of quarterbacks, especially for fantasy. I mean, it makes them so much more valuable with this this ability to just run. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, I mean, the late round quarterback strategy is still good, but yeah, it, it, running quarterbacks like make up the majority of like good quarterbacks these days. And I mean. Deshaun Watson, I don't really, I don't know if I share your concerns about his passing ability because, I mean, his passing ability, I think we have to agree, is excellent. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe just like, I don't know. I, I think it's more like the Texans' like weapons around him that were a little bit restrictive. But then, then again, he proved he basically overcame that and had just as good of a season as usual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, uh, I mean, just, yeah, I, he's, he's, I mean, it's kind of crazy because it almost didn't feel like he was the number one quarterback, right? Yeah, and I, th- I think in weeks one through 17, Josh Allen was. I'm not sure, though. Yeah, and then he just all of a sudden just snuck up out of nowhere, and that, that was really impressive, so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, I, it was a, a good prediction by a lot of people. That was a pretty consensus prediction. This one, a lot of people were in on, but some people were out. Josh Allen, number two, who really just, Stephon Diggs was the difference. Josh Allen became one of the worst passers in terms of completion percentage to elite in one season. Averaged 25.65 fantasy points per game. He was the quarterback two. And I mean, I think Mahomes is the quarterback one for me next year. But I mean, Allen and Murray, let me just look at my rankings. I think they're both in the competition for number two. If I can pull up my rankings and tell you what I have, I will do that. But Chris, I mean, I Josh Allen had a, such a good season. I mean, this is probably like around one of like his, I, I don't know if this, I, I don't know if I could say this is his total ceiling, but it's pretty close. And this was mm-hmm. just what everyone, all the Allen truthers were hoping for. Yeah, I mean, he he just had a total breakout season. I remember hearing a lot of pause, and I could just never pull myself into it. And I'm so mad I did. I mean, I I think I just liked him around average. I felt he had some upside, but I I wish I just there were so many people that I kept on hearing saying draft Josh Allen, and I knew I should have done it, but uh, I didn't. I just never could get onto it, and mm-hmm. that's one I regret. Yeah, I mean, I liked him okay at the beginning. Then I realized he had, like, a tough playoff schedule. I mean, with running quarterbacks, they can all overcome good passing defenses. Unless, I mean, it it depends. Like, a lot of the times, the blitz is really what hurts those quarterbacks the most. I mean, or it depends on the quarterback, but, like, having a good run defense, like, hurts those quarterbacks the most. And I actually checked my rankings. I've got Allen as number two behind Mahomes and Murray as number three. And, Mm -hmm. um... So I think Allen, he warrants discussion. We have discussed him. And I, that was just exactly what they were hoping for. Like, his completion percentage was the main thing holding him back. And it shot up. And the Bills are looking so good for that pick in the draft a couple of years ago. Um, so, yeah, the Bills are going to be a good team for years to come. Mm-hmm. So, number three. And this is weird. I mean, Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes was number three. He was only like 6.5 fantasy points behind Kyler Murray. 25.36 per game. And, I mean, Mahomes is the QB1 because out of all of these guys, yes, he didn't finish number one, but, like, he's just locked and loaded. as like a top three quarterback for the next decade, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Mahomes is – he's he is the best quarterback in the league. That's oh. not even a debate anymore. Can you debate that, Calvin? Do you think you could No, debate? I can't. No yeah, debate. I mean, it's he's, – he's just so talented. His playmaking ability is unheard of. I mean – Tom, he's people want to try and compare him to Tom Brady and say he's the next GOAT, but his skill set is so different from Tom Brady. He's a quarterback that we've never seen before. He can be laying at a 90, he can be at a parallel with the ground, like we saw in that Super Bowl throw, and still make an <laughs> accurate throw. 
he gives it to his baseball, but I think it's just raw talent, and he's the best quarterback definitely in this generation. I mean, people say Trevor Lawrence is a generational talent. He's not going to be as good as Patrick Mahomes. And, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is just a special player. He has he can throw the ball a mile. He can make – he can throw from all different arm angles. He's extremely accurate. He can run out of the pocket. He has good vision. And he's fast and can make moves downfield and run a little bit. So I don't think that there's a better quarterback in this league. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I think Brady – like, it's going to be tough. I If Mahomes had beaten Brady in the Super Bowl, he would have been well on his way to potentially, potentially catching Brady as the GOAT. He could still do that, but, I mean, with his huge contract about to kick in, I don't know if it's going to be, like, because Brady with his seven Super Bowls, and he beat Mahomes. Yes, he had a crazy supporting cast. Yes, he had a crazy defense. But Brady at 43 beat Mahomes at 25 or 24. And that's just, that's going to be tough for Mahomes' case as the future goat he feels like a guy who could be but then again it's like I mean Brady with seven Super Bowls there's a difference between being the most talented quarterback of all time and being the greatest of all time yeah and Chris I and mean, I disagree on this but I think Mahomes can be declared now as the most talented quarterback of all time his arm talent it's better than Brady ever was he's much more mobile than Brady he's just as aware like he's a better he more talented quarterback but the greatest of all time the greatest the GOAT is based on Super Bowl rings. That's why Eli Manning deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. It doesn't matter what you did. If you led your team to the Super Bowl, that makes you great. I, I disagree. And though, like, watching Patrick Mahomes maybe in the regular season, yes, I would say he looks more talented. But in Tom Brady's era, considering the era he played, you didn't need to be a mobile quarterback. A lot more of it was pocket passing. And people... So they underrate when comparing Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady, they totally underrate Tom Brady's awareness in the pocket, his ability to make plays. He can get the ball out fast if he needs to. He can read the blitz. He can call out plays. He's a leader. He knows what he's, he can, I mean, he can basically do every, everything from inside the pocket. Uh, that's right? what Mahomes can do, except he can also go outside too. No, he can't. Mahomes does not have the ability to see the field and throw and hit the open areas. Are you kidding like, me? Are you kidding me? Then what really? is Tom Brady better at? There's got okay, what's Tom fine. Brady if you, you could say Brady's better at that, but Mahomes' arm talent definitely makes up for it. I don't and Mahomes so. is still I, I, great. I'm not willing he's to say that so yet. aware. I need to see, he's so I need to aware. See consistency. I want one Mahomes more year. Played one, like, give me one more year of this. Calvin. Mahomes arguably like played the game of his life in the Super Bowl. He was parallel to the ground and hit his receiver in the helmet from 30 yards away. Brady could never do that. First of all, and second of all, even after that, did you hear what he was saying? He was like, I mean, he pins, he didn't really pin it on the old line. He was like, I mean, he sort of acknowledged that there was at least something wrong there, but he also was like, I made mistakes. I didn't get rid of the ball fast enough. Like when he, he played great and he still knows that he, I mean, maybe didn't play as well as he could have, which is why. And when I, my point about like the Super Bowl is making someone great, you could still be great without winning a Super Bowl, but Super Bowls, like more what I mean, like Dan Marino's great, but like, to be the greatest of all time, you have to have won. Like, you can't just say you've won one Super Bowl or no Super Bowls and be the greatest of all time. It just doesn't work like that. Brady's won seven. And that, like, seven! He's won more than 
any NFL franchise. How is it possible that one player who played all but one season with the same franchise has more Super Bowl wins than any franchise? The only way that's possible is if all of the franchise's Super Bowl wins came from Brady, then Brady left and won it with another franchise in his only season without the Patriots. And that's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a debate that we can have all day. I mean, <laughs> this is the thing is, there's no, there's no independent party in this race, right? It's, it's Mahomes and Brady. I'm really confused about what you mean. You know how, like, in the in a in an election, Calvin, like, there's normally. Oh, you mean like a, it's a two party race? Okay, yeah, I got yeah. you. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's All no, right. there's no debate that any no one else belongs even near this conversation. No one should be listed in the same sentences when when you're debating those two guys. What about Joe Cool, Joe Montana? No. No one. Jerry Rice? What? Jerry no. Rice? Oh. A wide receiver? No. <laughs> oh, man. I think you're underestimating Jerry Rice, but okay. Fine. This is a sentence. Fine. I'm only going to say it once, but you guys can't say this other than that. It's not even a sentence. It's just three words that belong in a section. <laughs> Joe Montana, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes. Don't say that ever again. Don't say that. Why can't we ever say that? I mean, I'm really confused. Because they don't go together. Okay, if you say so. All right, whatever. QP4, thanks for tuning into our fantasy podcast to hear our takes about who's the greatest football player of all time. Number four quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, 24.8 fantasy points per game, played all 15 games. He was incredibly consistent. Okay, let's just read like his line from, okay, wait, let's see. Uh, Let me change the uh, format. Okay, it's there. Uh, Let's read his lines from weeks seven through 14. Ready? 27.3, 22.5, 28.9, 26.4, 22.7, 27.3, 30.9. Then after that, he actually had 18.3. Okay, bust week. And uh, actually, that was actually in week 15. Then week 16, 26.1. Week 17, 26. He he played a lot of easier defenses in there. But I mean, it really really helped that he had a lot of touchdowns. But he was just so good. That was the best season of Aaron Rodgers' career. And it's crazy to say that he did that at age 37. Mhm. Yeah, it's crazy. Aaron Rodgers is just an incredible quarterback. I mean, right when you think he's going down, he comes right back up, and yeah, and he just does has a season like this. Just, I mean, he's not in the conversation for goats, but he's definitely an all-time great. Mhm. Yeah, I agree. Um, but I, I think, so yeah, Rodgers, I he's gonna have some regression next year. I think he'll probably, like, I let me just look at my rankings, see where I have him. I think I have him around, like, number eight. Yes, I actually have him exactly at number eight. Because touchdown regression is coming. His 9.1% touchdown rate, I think, was the second highest we've ever seen in the history of football. I'm pretty sure. Or maybe at least, like, in the last, like, I don't know. I don't know since the stat was tracked in the last 20 years. I'm not exactly sure. But 9.1 is absurdly high. Rodgers has only gotten close to that once in his career. I think I was hearing this on the fantasy footballers too. Like the one time Rodgers got close to 9.1, which he's never actually had. He regressed significantly the next season. So his touchdowns are going to go down. And yeah, I mean, that's going to touchdowns are very important. Even in four point passing touchdown leagues, which are, I guess, the standard. I think Rodgers, yeah, he drops to the QB eight for me. He might be a little overvalued because of name value. But, I mean, it's kind of funny because, like, what we were saying for, like, entering this year is that Rodgers could be overvalued because of name value. People were finally starting to catch on to the belief that Aaron Rodgers is overvalued in every draft because of name value. And then, boom, he just goes crazy. So it's going to happen again. (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, oh, it hurts so bad to just pass on him, but like, he's just, I know he had an insane season, but I just don't know if I can trust him. Name guess, value is more powerful than you think. I mean, no, like, it's not even, it's not even name value at this point, Calvin. It's just it's, when he you had hear such Rogers, a good season last year. It's it's numbers from last year. I mean, just look at the spicy fantasy points, and then the name Aaron Rodgers. I know I that's mean, what I'm it, saying. It's, it's hard it, for even me to pass up. We're we're the I'm, experts here, and we can't pass this. It's hard for us. I know. It's like it's like that one thing in a movie that seems so good, but you know you shouldn't take it. You know. Yeah, but just because it's like good. Like too good I know it, it seems like the easy way to just do so well, but I ugh, it hurts every time I just see like someone else take him and I just pass on him. I'm just like, oh, <laughs> yep, that pretty much sums it up. All right, uh, let's go to number five, Russell Wilson. He's interesting. I've got him as quarterback number nine in my rankings because of the second half of the season, he really regressed. Russ wasn't cooking anymore, he was like. I'm using this analogy again. He got demoted to the wait staff and he was just throwing picks. And now Pete Carroll's saying, all right, we're going to go back to running the ball a ton, which is great for Carlos Hyde, by the way, if Chris Carson leaves, which is looking more and more likely. But Pete Carroll's like, okay, I've had enough of letting Russ cook. Even though people have been telling me for years, I finally tried it. It didn't work in the second half. It didn't work after like the first five games or second half of the season. So we're going to get back to running the ball. And that's going to cap Russ's ceiling. He's a great player. It'll make him a lot more efficient, but it's still going to cap his ceiling because, I mean, he's not going to be able to, like, put up the numbers he did at the start inter- of twenty. I'm interested in Russ. There are a lot of trade rumors going around around, around Russ right now. I've heard a lot, uh, a lot of rumors that a lot of teams are calling the Seahawks. If you're not request, if you're not demanding a trade and threatening to sit out and saying you're going to sit out like Deshaun Watson, you're not trading a quarterback like Russell Wilson. No way. I don't know. They've been they've been receiving offers from teams. I don't. I'm sure they're hanging up the phone. If they aren't, they're that's no. Not I mean, smart. that's what it said. It said teams have been inquiring about him. You can't give up a quarterback of that caliber. Like Deshaun Watson is a rare I mean, exception. When you look at this draft and you see four quarterbacks, I mean, yeah, it's it's tough. I don't think this year. No, maybe Trevor Lawrence year, and though. Zach Wilson are the only maybe ones who next I think. Year. I want to say next year because right now it feels like the Seahawks are primed for a trip to the Super Bowl. And when you have a guy like DK Metcalf that's a really good deep ball receiver, you need the best deep ball thrower in the league, which is Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think but for the draft, there's always so few quarterbacks who work out. I feel like Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson are going to be studs. Trey Lance, I haven't watched a lot of Lance film yet. Uh, I mean, and there's a chance he works out because he's just so unknown. But I feel like, I mean, it doesn't, I haven't been hearing a lot of like buzz from NFL teams about Lance. And I mean, mm-hmm. I, I've all, what I have been hearing is that, I mean, I, I'm sure teams specifically like, are like pe- people are saying there's a lot of unknowns about Lance and I'm sure teams are worried about that too. I've been hearing a lot of positive stuff about Wilson. Been hearing, I mean, we've been seeing, we know Trevor Lawrence is, he's generational talent. He's pro ready. Justin Fields, he's going to be a bust. You can book it now. People, it's like, I tweeted this earlier today, like on football Twitter, on on like football, the football world in general. It's like when Zach Wilson is there, there's something on Zach Wilson's film that you don't like. Oh, he makes a bad throw. He relies on his arm a little bit too much. Oh man, Zach Wilson's going to bust. Oh, he played at BYU. Oh my, no, this guy's not good. Then it's like Justin Fields, Ohio State like sits in the pocket, sits in the pocket, doesn't go through his progression, sits in the pocket, sits in the pocket, gets sacked. It's like, Oh, well, he's good. We know that. Don't overthink this. 
you can't just do that. You can't have like two different know, you, attitudes. You can't turn a blind eye to the bad thing that Fields are doing and the good things that Wilson is doing. That's a, exactly. That's a death trap for fantasy scouting. Wilson, He's saying that they're good enough, like that it's a mistake. Because if, it, if you start noticing consistency in those mistakes, like Calvin was noticing when you were taking Field, and that's when it becomes a problem. Yeah, exactly. So I, that's why I have Wilson over Fields. And that's why I honestly think Wilson, I know people, some people are saying Wilson over Lawrence. And I've heard that a team or two have said that. I'm not going to do that. Uh, it's not because I'm sticking with consensus, though, because I realized a while, like, because it, I, I was realizing, like, maybe am I sticking with consensus here? But then I realized, like, yes, Lawrence, I th- I think I think Wilson has a good chance to be better than Lawrence, but I think Lawrence is just so locked and loaded to be very, at least very, very good that you can't really put Wilson ahead of him, or I can't. I'm not going to fault you if you do, and I think Wilson has a good chance of being ahead of Lawrence. I don't want to be out on Wilson for this because I'm loving his film. But I loved Lawrence's film too. I mean, the dude is just like a nice NFL passer. Great awareness. Like his awareness and his ability to just get the ball out faster than like almost any college quarterback I've ever seen is just ridiculous. He's so pro-ready. He doesn't wow you with his arm. and But it's just, he's just a nice little like, feels it's almost great. like It's almost like, He's so good that he doesn't wow you. Like it's just exactly consistently like DeAndre Swift. crazy. Like DeAndre Swift. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. I'm. I really like Trevor Lawrence. I mean, I. I don't. I, you can't really say that you're higher on him than most people. Since most people see him as the number one quarterback and number one player <laughs> in the draft. So, but I mean, he'll be good in this league. Definitely. Yeah, and he's he's ready to step into a role week one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Back to Wilson. I just think Wilson is like. I mean, because of. They're going to run the ball. I have him as quarterback nine. That's more because of the guys ahead of him, like Rodgers, Herbert. I mean, I might move Wilson up. Prescott might move Wilson up ahead of Rodgers. But other than that, I think I'm I'm good mm-hmm. on Wilson for next year. Yep. All right, so let's just uh, – let's run through uh, Deshaun Watson at number six. Like, Deshaun Watson is just classic, like, borderline mm-hmm. top five guy. He's going to yep, stay. Just run. Stay yep, he's just going to run, and it's going to be interesting. I don't think there's much to comment on him yet for his future until we know what his situation is going to be because I'm willing to bet a lot that it's not back with the Texans. Yeah, and then here's – we'll move on to number seven, Ryan Tannehill, who Chris had as like the QB, I think, nine, higher than eight, anyone yeah. else. QB eight, wow. Yeah, and he finished as the QB seven. And nobody really had Ryan Tannehill even in their top ten. Or not Like very few people. People were underrating him. His ability – I mean, he, Ryan Tannehill isn't the greatest, but he's got A.J. Brown – Yes, yes, Corey Davis may be leaving, but he's got A.J. Brown, and he's just got Derrick Henry to work off of on play action. Like, what more do you need? Ryan Tannehill is a good quarterback, and um, he's deserves to be, like, a borderline top 10 guy next year. I've actually – I've got him right at 10. Right? I think Wilson's probably, like, a tier ahead of him. But I think Tannehill – it's very – the good thing about Tannehill is that it's very easy to predict when he's going to do well. And having the Texans and the Jaguars in your division – I mean, yes, he also has the Colts, but having the Texans and the Jaguars does help your uh, passing stats. So, I mean, he's it's predictable when he does well and when he doesn't. And usually, he's not gonna he's not gonna like kill you. Like even against a tough defense, he'll at least be average or eh. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Um, we got Tom Brady at number eight. I think for this year, for Dynasty, I mean, Brady's obviously a lot lower, but for this year, Brady's probably number eleven, just because I mean, we might have a wide receiver or two of his walk. But, I mean, after he got used to Bruce Arians' offense, he played a lot better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, Bruce Arian, 
there seemed to be some tension at the beginning of the season, actually. Like, it seemed like Tom Brady was unhappy. <laughs> there were all these rumors, you know. I think you kind of get that when you're the best player of all time. But, I mean, they really figured it out down the stretch, and we saw that Super Bowl run. Just incredible. So fun to watch. I'm so happy Tom Brady got another one. Just proved. Just told everyone. There's no debate. I'm the best quarterback of all time. Yeah, that was great to see. I mean, whether you're a Brady fan or not, it's just great to see. Lamar Jackson finished his quarterback nine, played 14 games, averaged 22.61 fantasy points per game. That was actually more than Brady or Tannehill. And I've got Lamar at number five. I mean, I think, I feel like John Harbaugh does figure something out, though, with, or not John, Jim, wait, no, John, John Harbaugh. Yeah, wait, why did I get, why did I, like, backtrack? I'm really not (laughs) sure. John Harbaugh. I think he'll fix some of the things. He'll figure out like how to use Lamar Jackson when the defenses shut him down in the running game. I think he'll learn to rely on J.K. Dobbins more when that happens rather than just trying to get Lamar in there and being like one yard, two yards. I think J- J- he'll learn to give it to J.K. Dobbins a lot more heading into year mm-hmm. two, which is good for you, Chris, having him on your dynasty team. But, you know, I mean, Lamar – He's probably a borderline top five, top six guy. He'll probably be a bit overrated because of name value. He's not a guy I'm going after. And just in general, like Mahomes, Allen, Murray, Watson, Jackson, these aren't guys I'm getting just because they're just, even if they're like good players, the late round quarterback strategy, it's, I can't really go after these guys. They're either going to be overvalued or it's just going to be like against my whole strategy for redraft. In Dynasty, sure, maybe, depending on like where I'm drafting from. Uh, so I don't want to prioritize it over other positions too much, but in redraft, no, not for me. Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree with you here. I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan. But actually, I mean, let's. There's no player who's ever you can't avoid at all costs. Don't avoid these guys at all costs. If all your league listens to this show or listens to another show that like JJ Zachary's yeah, I mean, on podcast, there's, there's a point where you don't like someone, and there's a point where you they've fallen too far, and you should be taking them. Yeah, I mean, that's true. I mean, you should follow our advice and J.J. Zacharyson's advice, but it's like you that there's a point where it's like, obviously, you can't let them drop too far. And don't just, like, look at the ranking and say, oh, they've dropped too far. You'll know, like, if it's like, oh, wait, am I just avoiding this guy because Calvin said to avoid him, or should I actually, like, just pick him now? Because, I mean, this is – he's fallen so far where it's actually, like, a pretty solid value, or it's, like, at least somewhere I'd be willing to take him. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Uh, Justin Herbert is quarterback 10. He's one of the more – in 14 games, by the way, he's one of the guys who's probably going to uh, – Take a big he's step g- up. He's, he's going to be a top five quarterback next year. Whoa. Bold. All right. I'm here for it. Bold. I mean, it's bold. I've got him as QB7. Let me see. Do I, I, I like have it. him as, my, as a QB5? I think I do. Maybe it can be one of your 10 bold takes that we, I think we're going to do like 10 bold takes this off season. That can be one of them. And I'm we'll play the, I think that's around consensus. Wait, that's going to be so fun at the end of the year to play back our takes. If they were right, mm-hmm. if they were wrong, and then it'll be like lock it. We'll hear ourselves saying lock it in. And oh my. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That'll be funny. going to be exciting. Okay. Right. Who's next? Um, but yeah, I have, I think Herbert, he's definitely taking a step up next year. Kirk mm-hmm. Cousins is QB 11. Wow, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, I, I I told you guys I liked Kirk Cousins last year too. I mean, I he's not going to be any – his ceiling isn't good though. He's a guy you can pair with a guy like Jalen Hurts maybe. That's actually a little bit weak for me. But if you can pair him with a little higher upside guy who's a little bit better than Hurts. But like Cousins, ugh, he's just not really 
he's not good enough to to be like he's consistently sort of meh and it's uh, yeah, it's not really fun to have cousins on your team he's he can be drafted as a backup but it's you don't need to prioritize a guy who doesn't like put up big games mm-hmm. like yeah. ryan Tannehill at least does put up big games yeah ryan Tannehill has massive games like four or five touchdown games that's what i love and i mean going back to ryan Tannehill, the one thing that so many people were saying was touchdown regression right yeah, but even he was like the quarterback, like two or three. He was the quarterback two when he took over. Yeah, he's going to regress. Sure, he'll yeah, still I be know. quarterback that's exactly seven. What I was saying, I'm saying he's going to regress. He's not going to be the quarterback two, but he's going to be good. No doubt about mm-hmm. it. Yeah, that was a good pick. All right. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's see. Quarterback number 12 was Ben Roethlisberger. He wants to come back next year, but he might lose Juju. He's. It's too inconsistent to trust Ben Roethlisberger right now. That offense is a mess. If they get a running back, I can understand maybe moving him up to top 12 range, but I'd more put him in like the top 14. I've ranked like, I've got like Joe Burrow at 12, Jalen Hurts at 13. I haven't ranked Roethlisberger yet, but maybe like borderline top 15, top 14 kind of range sort of mm-hmm. guy. Yep. I, I totally agree with you here. I mean, and there's always a chance that he's even a starter next year. I think they're looking to get him back and he's, looking to come back but uh i'm not 100 percent sure that we'll see him back next year mm-hmm. all right so uh oh wait sorry i just had to pull it up again number 13 matt ryan he was missing julio jones for a lot of this year but ryan was just so maddeningly and maddeningly inconsistent like we're getting into the range of guys like here the, you don't want to prioritize these guys in the late round quarterback strategy like if you're gonna go like a it's still late but if you're going to like jump ahead like half around or or on a, or around on a guy it's going to be has to be a high upside guy like Jalen Hurts or at least a guy like Ryan Tannehill who can put up big games or Joe Burrow you're not jumping ahead for Matt Ryan Matt Ryan is not a player you need to prioritize because you can easily find these players you can find like exactly Matt Ryan on the waiver wire we just don't know who it's going to be yet but we you can find Matt Ryan or better on the waiver wire very easily and sometimes Matt Ryan like guys just sit on the waiver wire the entire season so why would you even draft Matt Ryan when you could just have him whenever you want for free Mm -hmm. yep I totally agree and it's the same with like Derek Carr, Jared Goff at 14 and 15. That's those two guys, same thing. We're not prioritizing them, but it's different at 16 because I think Matthew Stafford in that Rams offense is something to consider because he does have at least some. Upside. Yeah. And this is where I see a big jump coming up. And I mean, he wasn't the QB 16 if, or I mean, he was way above the QB 16 if he um uh, had uh, Galladay or not Galladay. Uh, if he hadn't been injured himself, like... For well, no, he he played all 15 games in weeks 1 through 16. Oh, oh yeah, I, I guess I'm, I'm getting him confused. That, that whole Lions team seemed a little bit banged up, and I think with Galladay <laughs> back, like you said, Calvin, that'll be good. He was missing Swift for a while, too. Like, Swift was... When, just when Swift got good, Swift got hurt. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he had the illness and stuff. Mm-hmm. All right, so yeah, I think Stafford could take a jump. He's another guy who maybe I'll put... I'll probably rank Stafford around 14 or so that's like my early prediction maybe 15 not exactly sure yet but somewhere around there he's a guy you can i'm fine with taking stafford um mm-hmm. but then we get into like these last four philip rivers is 18 he retired so we don't need to talk about him number 17 teddy bridgewater he might be replaced like that's a guy you don't need to target either teddy bridgewater was sitting on our waiver wire chris for like the whole year like you can get teddy bridgewater if you really want mm-hmm. him yeah i had him on my team for like maybe two weeks as a streaming candidate with bad matchups that's about all he's good for 
And then number 20 was Cam Newton. He started off well, but then he only played 14 games, but then he just sort of regressed at the end. So you don't really need to worry about him. But I think the last guy we need to talk about in the top 20 is number 19, Baker Mayfield. Because, oh man, when OBJ's been on the field, I feel like Baker's sort of been forcing passes to him. And if OBJ comes back, maybe Baker's learned from that. But I mean, it's kind of interesting how like OBJ, it almost feels like he could hurt Baker, but it doesn't. It defies logic, but at the same time, it makes sense. But at the same time, it's like, I'm hearing, I heard this like very same debate too on the fantasy footballers, which I keep bringing up because I mean, they have a lot of good points about this stuff. And it's like, I share their view on Baker Mayfield. It's like, it's so weird to think how it's like (laughs) just OBJ who like had the best rookie wide receiver season of all time. And let's be honest, he had a better season than Justin Jefferson. Like if you forgot, go look up the stats that he put up in 12 games. Um, I mean, Justin Jefferson is the rookie wide receiver. Oh, wait, no, never mind. I think that's the way. OBJ yeah. would have easily had it had he played 16. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He had like 1,300 yards. He's almost off games. my map, like as a top guy, OBJ. Yeah, I know. I, I'm just avoiding him. It's not, mm-hmm. not something yeah, I want to miss around if it, if it wasn't such a run-heavy offense, I think I'd be more interested. But There'll be someone in your league right who now. takes him even just a little early. Maybe not too early, but just a little early because they're hoping he gets back to old OBJ. I think Baker has some upside, though. He showed he could be good in the second half of the season. Like, later on, he was getting a lot better in that offense. He's getting used to it. And, I mean, he was using the running game to sort of create space for all of his weapons. So, he's an interesting later-round guy that you can actually look at. And I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, yep. you got to get these high-upside guys. Like, I mean, if Baker breaks out, you might not find a Baker. Or you might find a Baker on the waiver wire. You probably will. But it'll be tougher to get him because there'll be fewer guys who are like broken out like that they're like not everyone can have justin herbert mm-hmm. yep all right that is it thanks for listening oh is that it whoa really? did you hear that really loud computer, computer noise? noise my micro it, it keeps saying microsoft account problem we need to fix something with your microsoft password please stop <laughs> don't do that in the middle of the podcast like fine tell me a different time i don't want to don't want to hear that in the middle of the podcast now i can't edit it out too because it was just so loud i couldn't resist saying it but mm-hmm. <laughs> i'll probably funny. turn down the volume of it a little bit um but yeah that was fun uh thank you for listening you can follow us on twitter at sgf pod at calvin underscore sgf at chris underscore sgf send questions there to second and goal fantasy at gmail.com our website link is in the description you can go find that um, and make sure to go check out our live sports talk show. We have it every Saturday. It's at sportscastr.com slash SG Sports Talk. You can follow us on Twitter at SG Sports Talk. Click the link in the description to find it. And last show was a little bit more low-key. We sort of did some like NFL sporkle quizzes, which is like you can name players. It's sort of like NFL history quizzes. It's pretty fun. We also talked about our dynasty teams. But uh, we'll be getting back with some more shows every week. So you should go check that out. Um, thank you for listening, everyone. Chris, any last words before we sign off? No, Calvin, but I did come up with a really good fantasy football team name. Oh, no. What is it? Dobbin on the haters. Oh, my gosh. Chris <laughs> likes to make a really cringy, corny team names and, like, change it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Dobbin on the haters. Let's go. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you next time and make sure to daub on the haters next time you see them. Mm.